Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host, Derek Stevenson. And today I got a super special guest with me, another fellow member of Big Blue Nation, Rick Rick the Bull. Rick, what's up with you, man? What's good, man? What's good? How you doing over there? I'm wonderful, man. I'm glad to have you on the show. And uh, for all you guys that's watching, um, Rick got his own show called I Rock Kentucky Blue. He's affiliated with uh, the Beyond the Game Facebook group, and I will definitely drop a link in the comments. So if y'all want to go check out Rick's stuff, you're more than welcome. Uh, Rick, look, the main reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because I wanted to ask you, is it okay for us to like Calipari again? (laughs) Man, I don't know why we stopped liking him to begin with, man. Like, I don't know. Kentucky had a little rut. Uh, he was trying to figure out his lineup. We don't usually come together to the second half of the season anyway. Uh, we did have a bad loss to South Carolina, but I don't know why everybody does this every year. Like, we 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 start off bad, and then they want to see him gone, or we lose to St. Peter's. Like, other big teams ain't lost to bad teams in the tournament before. Or we go to the NIT for a year, and – like other big teams ain't been to the NIT before. Like, bro, this is all normal stuff. Like any coach, like I always bring up Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo has one championship in Michigan State. You don't hear Michigan State fans calling for his job. I think it's uh we we're spoiled. Kentucky fans are spoiled because we have all we've had championships in the past and, and we're supposed to be held to a higher standard and with blue bloods. So the natural knock when we start losing is let's blame the coach. When if you watch the games, sometimes it's the players. Right. And some of it's on Cal for sure. Um, but I think majority of it was just a chemistry issue. And now we're back and now everybody's back on the, on a bandwagon. So, Hey, once again, like we say every year, man, you can jump back on, man. We, we, we rocking with them again. Yeah, man. Um, a lot of my audience was definitely ready to get Calipari up out of there. Um, one, uh, somebody even commented to me and said, uh, if I support Calipari that I need to go to Texas with him, man. So, uh, <laughs> Um, they was giving me the Kentucky fan treatment as well, man. So, you know, that's just how uh, Kentucky fans get down, man. So, you know, we was mad at Cal. Um, people was really uh, upset with the lack of offense. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that the players just didn't understand how to use the system? Or do you feel like um, he's just doing a better job of uh, actually designing stuff over the last several games that's been helpful to him? I think the game plan has been the same. I just think the execution hasn't been there. I don't think the chemistry has been there. Um, Kyle, I always say, everybody always says, I sound like I'm saying Kyle, like instead of Cal, but Cal, like he, um, he's always had that dynamic point guard. Uh, in the past, you had John, you had Brandon Knight, um, like even Tyler Ulis, he was dynamic, dynamic in his own aspect for real. So when you get Sabre Wheeler, he's not really, the dynamic, he's more of a distributor. He can't really get to the to the to the basket. And um once Cal figured out, all right, I need to put Case in at point and run this lineup and bring Sabre off the bench, then they're gonna really get what I'm trying to instill in them. So I think the chemistry with those five guys with uh Case and Antonio Reeves, CJ Frederick, Toppin, and Oscar, that chemistry brought everybody together. And they see how they play on the court. So when they get in, they're like, I want to contribute. So I think the same stuff has been ran. 
I just think that everybody's on board now. Right. Um, I think, man, Calipari should have watched my show uh, since the beginning of the season because um, my audience has been telling me over and over that they are sick of severe playing point and they ready for Casey to take over. But Cal was being stubborn, man. You know, he didn't. And, and I understand, man. He wanted to ride with his guy. He uh he has confidence in severe uh, because he's familiar. He probably doesn't have to teach much to severe in practice. Um, he knows the system. He knows what's supposed to be done. Uh, and I think maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, do you think it was difficult for him to finally pull that plug on severe? And do you think he did it because of the pressure from the fans? Uh, I think it was definitely difficult. Cal always has his favorites. Cal has his favorites every year. I mean, he plays guys that he's trying to get to the next level um a lot more than he would play the guys that's already determined to go to the next level like a great example was uh in 2015 he played the twins i started the twins over ulis and booker so he has his favorites i think it was hard i think he loves willer and willer willer's like he plays hard like he he does everything he can on the court he just i don't know he just took a step back this year uh, with the turnovers he's kind of regressed a little bit um I think it was hard, but Cal seen that. Cal seen that regression and was like, you know what? We still want you to contribute to this team, but I think the best way for you to contribute is to come off the bench with that second unit or to come in when Casey gets two fouls because you starting right now, I think it's throwing the chemistry off. He probably had that hard talk with him, and like I said, I think it was hard for both of them. I know Sabir, I don't know if you, you look at the sidelines, his body language is kind of – not there sometimes like you can tell he's pissed off and I'll be pissed off too I'm a senior and I've started my whole career and now I'm coming off the bench for the betterment of the team and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm gonna do when when my college career is over and now I probably definitely ain't getting no looks at the NBA now or G League yeah and the and the thing about it that makes it so crazy is um he probably was leading the team in minutes mm-hmm uh, Cause I know it was a couple of games he played like forty minutes, man, mm-hmm. and then uh, he went from like forty to back like seven. Uh, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm let saying? Let me ask you this, bro. Let me ask you this: It's forty minutes with four points and six rebounds and seven turnovers worth playing a guy for forty minutes? Nah, man, it's not. It's uh, not. You know, um, I think what, uh, like I said, I compared him to a miniature Russell Westbrook, right? Mm-hmm. And um. Not to shade either one of them, but I feel like uh they kind of play similar. But the difference is Russell is taller. He's more athletic. Yeah. Um. So he was able to finish a little bit, and um he was able to uh, be more successful with some of his bad decisions. Whereas Severe uh it does not have the the same gifts that Russell has. But I think they both they both play extremely hard. Um. They both not scared of nobody on the court. Um, they both gonna go around a man and try to get to the basket. The only thing that I I feel like is severe doesn't really have that point guard instinct, that point guard vision. So sometimes when he gets to the basket, I'm not sure that he has a feel for what's gonna happen next. Like some of the great point guards can kind of anticipate. Like if I go around this man on this side of the basket, it's gonna draw this player away from this player and this guy might be open or this rotation might happen. I just don't think he feels the game like that. Um, And I think that's what kind of hurts the team is, you know, in certain parts of the game we can get away with it, but I think maybe they might have dropped some winnable games uh, because of it. And, um, 
you know, like I said, I, I still love Severe, but I think uh, he uh, had to take a back seat, and I think it's actually been good for him, man. Um, for sure. What What do you think their chances are now uh, going forward? Like, what do you think they're going to finish in the SEC now with this new lineup? So, do you want me to answer the SEC in the, the NCAA tournament seating or just SEC? You can do both of them. Okay, because my stance on the NCAA tournament hasn't changed. I, th- I thought – from the beginning, regardless of the losing streak, that we was at be- at worst a Sweet 16 team. College basketball is down this year. There's no really great teams. Houston just got knocked off by a team. I think it was like, was it Temple? Not yeah, like that's Temple. what it was. <laughs> yeah, they're like one game over 500. Kansas just got smacked and they lost two games straight. So it's wide open this year. And I think that we have the experience and we have the talent on the team to go far. I just think we had to figure it out. So uh, Tournament-wise, I think that we're, um, at worst, a Sweet 16 team. We're definitely getting past the first round this year. I know we uh, we on the bubble right now, but there's a lot of season to be played. As far as uh, the SEC, I mean, I, let's be honest, Alabama's cold. <laughs> like, Alabama's good. They can shoot. They can defend. Um, they're one of the favorites to win it all this year. Um, we obviously show we can hang with Tennessee. Um, I think we finished third, third or fourth in the SEC. Uh, Looking at the schedule, I don't see a lot of teams that that, that give us problems uh, in the SEC for the rest of the season. So I definitely think we're going to keep climbing uh, third or fourth. I think Tennessee will get second and Alabama will be first. Do you think if we uh if we see Tennessee and or Alabama in the SEC tournament, you think we got a chance to beat them in the SEC tournament? I absolutely know for a fact we can beat Tennessee. Like that game at Tennessee wasn't a fluke in a neutral site. Bro, neutral side is might as well be home for us. Right. I went to the SEC tournament last year and it was in Tampa. Bro, it was majority Kentucky fans. They travel. Always. And it's in Tennessee. It's in Nashville this year. So it's going to be even worse. Like fans are going to travel. Um, so I definitely think that we will get, we can beat Tennessee. Alabama, on the hand, we just got to catch him on a bad day. I mean, they they play so good. I think we, I think we have a chance. Uh, things just have to go right for us. Like I ain't extremely confident that we can knock Alabama off. But we can beat any team. It just, just got to go right for us. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears with you just a little bit. Um, I got to reverse it uh, for a second because uh, we were talking about Severe and, you know, you had mentioned his body language and how he may be a, a little upset about his new role. And um, I had seen a segment on the news where uh, they were discussing mental health. And I know Toppin was uh, discussing his issues that he was having with mental health. And Calipari had made a a statement a little earlier in the year about how Kentucky fans uh, kind of make it hard for uh, some of the players to want to play here. And I thought he was actually just copping a plea um, because we was on his ass about his him losing, right? right? But now that I look back on it, maybe he knew that some of his players was dealing with some mental health issues. Um, first, uh, let me know if you saw the segment and let me know what you think about it in, as far as how it pertains to some of the kids and especially the ones at Kentucky. So, yeah, I um, I touched on the on it a little bit and I think my third episode on my pod, uh, the Jacob Toppin, uh, when he spoke about it and um, at first, I just thought he was in a slump. And then, you know, once he came out, he had a big game. 
And uh, he was just like, he was going through mental health issues. Mental health is like super serious. And uh, these kids, man, they're they're 18 to 22 years old. Just imagine us, um, like say you go to work every day and you're doing the best you can. And, and like, obviously you're doing good because you ain't been fired, right? You ain't been written up. But then you have, you know, coworkers saying, oh, you you slowing the, let's say you work at a factory. Oh, you slowing the lineup. Oh, you uh, making a mistake. Oh, you doing this, you doing that. You awful at your job. And you just continue to hear that every day. Bro, that's going to mess with you. It don't, it don't matter if you're 18, if you're 35, if you're 45. That messes with you. If you get constant criticism on anything that you're trying your best at, it's going to mess with you, bro. And and with them being so young, um, they see, I mean, you can't, as as, as teen, like their, their age, their main thing is social media. They're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, they're on Facebook, and you're playing for probably the most prominent program in college basketball. And we have a mix of fans. Like I always say, bro, like, and I, I'll catch backlash for this. I'm a UK fan to the death, but I hate our fan base because things like this, they'll continue to bash this player. Oh, we don't need to, we don't need to play him. Oh, he sucks. Oh, he needs to go play overseas. Oh, he'll never make it. Like these kids have dreams. They come to Kentucky to go to the NBA and to be told like, you're going to be an overseas player or to be told like, you shouldn't be here. You need to transfer. Like I seen one tweet one day, um, they was talking about, oh, we're talking about we get the big, the biggest portal transfers. One of them came from Rhode Island and the other one came from Illinois State. They ain't go to a bigger school, so they ain't that good anyway. Like, bro, they they going to see stuff like that. And like, damn, I'm doing the best I can out here, and it's just not good enough. And, and unfortunately, it happens in fan bases across the nation. I just think it happens more here. Um, and you can't – you can tell people to stop. You can tell people, hey, these are kids. They don't care, bro. The most important thing to them is college basketball. They don't get paid for it. They don't They don't get season tickets for it unless they purchase it. They get no rewards for it, but they will sit here and bash these kids, bro, that's trying to, like, go to the next level and make a living. And I say that because, like, if you continue to hear that, it's just going to destroy your mental health. It's going to destroy It's, it's going to get in your head. And you can have all these friends and support systems that's going to say, no, don't listen to them, don't listen to them. But if it continues to happen, bro, how can you not? And I just think it's unfortunate because we're, like I said, we're spoiled and we get usually the best players every year. Like, we're knocking on them, bro. They out here trying to do the same thing that y'all want. They want to win a championship for the state of Kentucky. They didn't come here to just play around, but they just don't get their respect. And I don't know. I think they need to chill out on it. But like I said, they won't. They won't at all. Um. I know you probably seen where Calipari, and I think this was right after South Carolina, which – I understand why he did it, but I think he, uh, if I remember correctly, he took all the cell phones and basically mm-hmm. he tried to keep them uh, connected to each other and separated from the rest of, let's just say, Big Blue Nation, right? Um, and they actually won, man. So how did moving forward, do you think that, uh, or I'll say, how do you think that these kids should learn how to deal with some of this? Because I think they just grew up in an era where they not going to not have social media. So how did they learn how to um, thrive uh, in this era where anytime they make a mistake, people are going to amplify, people are going to troll, people are going to talk down on them. Like, how do they deal with that? Um, 
So the first thing, I didn't even think about the cell phone thing pertaining to the social media stuff. So that's a good point. I didn't even think about it that way. Kyle taking the cell phones away and stuff before that game. I, I wonder why he did that. But now that now I see why, like, it could be that. But um, to answer your question, so some some players have that strength in their mind. So you'll never see them fold. Uh, they'll always play good. And they just don't give a damn about what the fans say. I'm going to come hoop and I'm going to the league. That's a that's, that's about 50 to 75% of the people we get. The other 25% are people who don't have that guaranteed. And that's the ones who it really touches. Um, it's it's, it's, it's going to be hard. I don't know if you can get, I don't know if you can give an answer to that because I mean, you're going to see it regardless. The best way I would say to handle it is uh, something I go by all the time, like run your race, run your marathon. There's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be people that's going to say stuff to you. Look forward to the goal. Look at the end goal. You can't let all that noise in your head deter you from what you're trying to do. Your ultimate goal is go to the NBA or just play professionally anywhere. So I would say the best answer I could give is just look at the end goal, keep running your race, you got your teammates to support. You got those fans like me and you who's going to rock out. So just keep running your race and, and eliminate the noise and get there, bro. That's the best. That's the best thing I can I can say. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, it's the thing, you know, the thing that kind of is it's like a catch 22 because it's like um, now these guys are, are going to have some responsibilities that they might not have even have, right? Because let's say, uh, for instance, right, I know a few of them got some NIL deals. Like, I know uh, Frederick got a little, like, a deal with a tire dealership. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, even, hell, even Euless, he got the deal with Miller Lite. So there's a lot of, of players that are earning some money. Um, and that's all connected to social media, I'm sure, right? So. Right. You know, at some point they have to make posts, they have to be on social media and be active. Um, so that's the part that kind of worries me, like um, them trying to navigate, not feeding into all of the negativity, but still being active enough to make their money, fulfill their uh, obligations with their NIL contracts and different things like that. So um, that's the part that kind of scares me, man. Right. Um, I... Uh, I really don't have an answer for it either because it's just it's kind of one of them things where like like me, right? Like I've had I've had people uh be super supportive, super mm -hmm. positive with me doing my show. Um but then I've had some like I like I had a person tell me uh man, just go work at Walmart, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. you know, but but I'm almost 40, man, so I'm gonna be forty in the summertime, um, so I really couldn't care less what uh, you know what anybody says to me. Like this is just fun for me. Like if it turns into a you know a situation where it could provide me a living, then great. But if it doesn't, I'll be cool. Um, I'm not doing this to try to make money or anything. It's just for the love of talking about sports in general. Um, so I can handle that type of uh, you know talk or whatever. Like I can joke back or I can just say something positive and be just fine but um as a youth i uh i i don't know how they actually can deal with it man uh do you think mm -hmm. that that cal should um take the phones every like 
night before the game to try to get him focused or would that be too much like uh like a like him being their dad like um would they would they rebel against that like what do you, what do you think they should do uh i don't think they'll rebel against it because of the success that they've had with him doing it i don't think i also don't think it's a father thing but it kind of is um because he's trying to protect his his kids He's trying to protect his kids from all the negativity, especially before the game. Um, I, I support it. I support him doing it the night before. Um, the only thing is, I would say is I wouldn't make it mandatory. I would say, hey, we got a game tomorrow. I don't want you. I don't want to have this this outside noise deter your uh, focus for the next game tomorrow. So I'm gonna give you the option, you know, to give me your phones tonight. We go play tomorrow. You get them right back. We've been successful doing it. I'm doing this to protect you. I think if he brought it that way, I don't think it would be a father type of thing. And I don't think it's like something that's that he's like trying to force them to do. I think if he came at them that way, they'll probably respect it more. I don't think they're going to rebel either way. But I think if if he he probably did, he probably came that way. But um if he comes that way, I think he'll get the full support of his team, especially with them getting these dubs like they getting. Yeah. Um, I know uh <laughs> CJ Frederick had made a statement where he said that like kinda um, you know, and obviously he was playing bad. Uh he was playing he he had a couple of games where he was playing good against the weak competition, but he mm-hmm. he pretty much had played bad against all the like high major teams and anybody that was decent. So he was playing uh, let's just call it what it is. He was playing shitty, right? And right. um, he had made a statement where he said that like, uh, they were trying. They came together because of the heat and the backlash that Coach Cal. So in a way, it's almost like um, the fans actually galvanized the team and right. brought the team together. I hate that they they bonded uh to try to protect the coach from the f- actual fan base. Uh, but um. How do you feel about uh, how he's been playing since uh, he made that statement? So on, on my pods that I do, if I see like the, the two people that I've probably been harsh, I don't even wouldn't say harsh, I've criticized the most is CJ and uh, Antonio Reeves. And it's been for like different things. It was just like Antonio Reeves, like, bro, why you keep shooting these floaters? Like, why you, you're a great shooter. Uh, you're good off the ball. And then CJ, he just wasn't hitting shots, like you said, against the big teams. He was against the little teams. Uh, but one thing I always said um, whenever I criticize a player is like, hey, but I'm rooting for you. Like, I want I want y'all to do good. I'm rooting for y'all. Yeah, every time. Like, even when I say stuff about Oscar. Um, but I think, I definitely think, see, like, CJ's had some bad games, and I think it got to him. But um, I think he pushed forward. And – he, I like low key, bro. I think he brought the team together. Like, I don't know when they interviewed him after they lost to South Carolina. Uh, Oscar was like, There, there's no fight. Like, I get get the uh walk ons on the court, they might have more fight or something like that. I don't think he said it like that, but it was something to that nature. But CJ, like, came out like, I'm rocking with Cal, we love our coach, yada yada yada. He started playing good now. He didn't shoot good last game, right? But he was aggressive, I mean, though. He was aggressive, bro. So I definitely, I definitely, uh, I like, I like, I like what CJ did, bro. He looked like to me, he looked like a ball player that just was missing, but that knows mm-hmm. he can play. 
He kept shooting, bro. That's one thing. Like I would, I was talking to my people's one. Like we talking during the game, and he, I think he was like two for ten. I'm like, bro, CJ ain't hit nothing today. It was the game this past Saturday, but he kept shooting because he's a shooter. Block, and, and to me, that's blocking out all the noise. He's not worried about when the game's over, what the fans are gonna say on Twitter. He's gonna do what his job is. I'm gonna keep shooting, and if you go two for ten or ten for ten, hey, you went out there and you gave effort, man. That's all you can ask for. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of bringing the team together and different things like that. So Calipari, surprisingly, which probably shocked a lot of people, he uh he put Oscar Sheway on notice a little bit and he res- and he responded, man. So how did you feel about um Oscar Sheway in the beginning of the year? And how do you how did you feel about Calipari calling him out and then the way he responded? So I've I've said a couple of times uh, recently, I think Oscar's regressed from last year. Um, when he first started the season, he was coming from the coming off that knee injury. I don't think he was 100 um, percent. I think he started to get his legs underneath him about a month ago, but he was still trying to figure things out. Uh, he was getting exposed by um, big men. He can't he, anybody 6'10 or better. He was not doing nothing against. Um, but when Kyle called him out about him and uh, a dude was it a dude not being in the gym as much, and he came out and he had, what he had 34, 30, 34, it was 37 and 34. 37 and 24, yeah, 37 and 24. He was like, all right, bro, I heard what you said. Now watch me rock out. So sometimes that needs to be done because I'm sure Calipari looks at Oscar as the leader of the team. Absolutely. Not, turning as Naismith player of the year. So I'm calling you out. I've done all I can for the team. Now I want you to show out, and I want you to show the team, hey, I'm I'm fighting with y'all. And I think that game he did. And if, if that's if that's a sign of things to come, he might get player of the year again. But he's gonna need to come back because like he let's think about it. He was supposed to come back to shoot right. Supposed to be shooting better from mid range and three. He ain't he ain't done that. He's going he's reverting back to what he was last year. So I think Oscar should come back. And then he'll be the leader of all those studs we got coming in next year, bro. That'd be scary. But I, I like I like his response and I like Cal's call out. Right. Um, I was wondering if maybe uh and I think Oscar is a great dude overall, but I was wondering mm-hmm. if maybe um, you know, without him even realizing it, maybe he actually w- could have been potentially turning into a diva, right? Because, you know, last year. You know, they were talking about uh, him wanting to make a little money to send some to his family and different things like that. And uh, we know he uh, that's admirable, of course, and we know he preaches in his free time. So we had this like, you know, we was looking at this dude like, man, he's just one of the best people. Like, like, can can you marry our daughters? Like, that's how we was looking at him. Right. And then, um, you know, I've been hearing stuff this year like. He don't live on campus. He's driving a like a nice sports car. I ain't seen it. I don't know what he drives, but I'm hearing he's pulling up on everybody in the sports cars. He's doing all these commercials. He's getting all this attention. Uh, do you think that he might have just lost focus and lost a little bit of his drive because of like him? Like he already got the money. You know what I'm saying? Like if he never makes it to the NBA, reportedly he made two million dollars, which is more than the average person with a bachelor's degree is going to make. So as long as he doesn't completely uh, shit his money away, 
he's actually good. So do you think that it's possible that he could have just slipped into some like diva territory without even knowing it? You know what? I didn't know about the um, not living on campus allegedly and the and the driving the sports cars. Definitely, if he's doing all that, then definitely. And honestly, that could be some of the some of the issues with the team this year. Resentment. Um, yeah, resentment. I heard that there was like a um, a little tip. I didn't know if it was true or not. I don't know if you heard it too, but between yeah. two two players from last year, I reported on it actually, and I I look. I didn't mean to cut you off, but one of my audience members got on my ass about it, man. And I, and I was trying to explain to him. I said, I put allegedly right. because I was I was telling y'all, I don't know this to be true. I'm mm-hmm. just, this is what I seen on Twitter. And I'm going to just give you my opinion on it based on if it could be true. But I didn't, I absolutely 100% do not know if that's true or not. Right. So let's just speculate. Let, let's say it, it was. That could be the reason. The way he's acting this year could be the reason why he's like people think he's a deep. Right. It could be the reason. Um, I hope not. I think he's a good kid. And I love when he got was about to get up in bruh's face and AM. I'm like, oh, you're getting a little bit of that dog in you. That's, that's what we've been missing uh against AM. Um, but I you know money changes people. Money changes people, but I, I mean, the way, the word, the way he talks and the way he carries himself, I just wouldn't see him being one of those people that money would change. I hope not. Um, if you got it, though, definitely splurge. I mean, he he probably grew up like some of us did, rough, you know what I'm saying? And, and Shit, probably even rougher, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So he ain't seen, he probably ain't see that, that type of money. So, you know, you won't. You they won't. said he went back to the Congo and was eating shrubs over there, like uh, Timon and Pumbaa, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, ain't no telling like, what he went through, over, you know, over there. And I always say, bro, you got it, bro. Treat yourself. So, I mean, if he was treating himself, then cool. But don't don't reflect. Don't don't change your energy and reflect that energy on, on your team because not everybody's making that cheese. So if that's the case, Oscar need to chill out. If it's not the case, ball out, treat yourself, but just realize who you are and stay who you are. Don't change up because you get a little change in your pocket. Yeah. I I hate to say this, right? Because I know they're all young men, right? Super young adults. Uh, but do you think they need to start taking the approach? Um, and, and this is why I'm asking you, because I know the majority of these guys in NL, NIL deals are not big, right? Right. They they couldn't because it won't make sense. Like like nobody knows uh CJ Frederick outside of Kentucky really and maybe Iowa, you know, right. except for like diehard sports fans. But right. the average person, if you take CJ over to like uh you know, like if you take CJ to Las Vegas and he walks down the strip, nobody knows that he's CJ Frederick, right? Nobody. So the amount of money that most of them are making is probably not big. Um right. But then you have some of the a, a few select few like Oscar that reportedly made a couple million dollars. Right. And mm-hmm. I know he's young. I know he probably has, uh, you know, a lot of obligations to his family or a lot of things uh, like, you know, back in his country that he needs to use his money for. But do you think some of these guys need to start taking a little bit of an approach like some of these NFL quarterbacks and different things like that? And maybe do a little something nice for some of the rest of the teammates just to try to keep the um 
the energy positive uh so you don't have the situation like the tennessee football team did where the quarterbacks breaking uh the linebackers jaw and then the defense said well to hell with the game we're gonna let south carolina hang 63 on us and and they ruined their whole chances of, of potentially um winning the national championship right so and that's a tough one because it just, to me it depends on who it is if it's uh Name, name a player who's supposed to go top five this year. Uh, let me think. I don't even know who they got ranked. Who they got ranked up that high right now? Honestly, but let's let's say Victor. However, you say his last name, the dude from overseas. Let's say he's a college basketball player. Gotcha. He, he's making two million a year in IL, and he knows he's gonna go top five, or he's gonna go lottery and make millions. Then absolutely. I think and and honestly, I think those type of guys would pro- probably do it. All right, now let's look at somebody like Oscar. Oscar is not guaranteed to be in the NBA, so he got two million this year, right? And let's say he declares and he's done. He's done. Like he goes overseas and plays. I don't know if I'm getting another bag, so I got to take care of my family. And when I get like, I got to buy me a crib. I got to make sure I'm right. I, I I wouldn't blame him for not doing it. Uh, but like I said, if it's like a lottery player and they know they're about to get top 15 money and they're about to have a long NBA career and make millions, then absolutely. But somebody who don't know what their future holds, but is getting a bag like like a Tyler Hansborough when he was here or, or when he was in North Carolina or like those type of players who are really great college players, Luca Garza, like great college players, but don't know if they're going to make it in the league. No, I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. It, it, and and what I thought you was gonna ask me another question because what I was gonna say was it, NIL just started, but it's kind of like the NBA, bro. You think LeBron James should be making the same amount as Patrick Beverly? No, yeah. he's not, he's more talented, so he's gonna get paid more. He brings in more money. It's the same thing with Oscar. So as a college basketball player, you didn't have this two years ago. So in CJ's instance, he got a tire deal, bro. You gotta be grateful for that. You can't look at the other man's pockets. Like you got this cheese, you didn't have it at Iowa, you didn't have it two years ago. Rock out with the cheese that you got, and let that other man eat. But if it's a uh, 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 Justin Edwards next year or uh, Dewan Wagner, if they there and they they know they about to get bags, and then you have somebody like a dude like yo, look out! I think absolutely it should happen. That's what's up, man. Well, yeah. hey, look, Rick the Bull, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, yes, sir, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. And uh we're gonna we're gonna do a, a trade collaboration, man. So whenever you uh whenever you want me on the show, man, just let me know and I'll come on your uh your show and we'll we'll do some work over there, man. Um but yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I'ma drop the link. So uh anybody that uh wants to go check out uh Rick the Bull. All y'all got to do is hit him up on Beyond the Game uh, and check out his podcast, I Rock Kentucky Blue, right? Yes, sir. That's yes, what's sir. up, man. Well, I appreciate it, brother. And uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll get back at it next time for sure. Yes, sir. Have a good one, G. Yes, sir. You too. All right, y'all. Uh, we'll get back at it next time. Sports and Discourse with Derek Stevenson.